0: We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. quarter million dollars of credit card debt. I still
1: remember the day when no one turned up. up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold.
0: (laughs) Our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, Yes.
2: we are sponsoring our own show. Yes,
0: we are. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer of Harmon Brothers and your host... Today, my guest is Josh Snow. Josh, welcome on from Poop to Gold. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to have you on. So Josh is a serial entrepreneur. He basically learned to code himself at the public library as a teenager, also started his first advertising company called ForSold as a teenager, and um, you are now founder um, of the of Snow, which is an oral care company, as well as you are on the board of the Phoenix Coding Academy and advise them there, as well as you have the uh, the Fleischer Scholars Program, which you're a trustee of. So, so basically, you have lots of time to play Fortnite, is what's going on, right?
1: <laughs> That's all I do. That's all I do. Too much free time.
0: <laughs> That's right. Cool. Well, again, super excited to have you on, and um, just want to dive a little bit into your own store. If you could... If you could kind of give us a little bit more of a um, a background, how did you end up where you are today? And specifically, like where did you find the motivation to go and like teach yourself coding in a public library?
1: Yeah. Well, um yeah, it's a good question. So, growing up, you know, um you know, I, I always wanted to I always wanted to be somebody. I wanted to be a doctor growing up. I wanted to be someone who um you know, it was kind of uh, looked at as someone who helped people. I wanted to help people, right? I mean, that's just what it comes down to. And uh, I knew that I wanted to um, make a good enough living that, you know, I could help my family out and I could, you know, just, uh, I wanted to go to school for, for a long period of time. I was I was pretty good at school after a while. In the very beginning, I was uh, I was a little bit of a wild child, but uh, after a while, um, I became a really good student. And so um, I had to figure out, I would, you know, be a heart surgeon or something, something along those lines. And so I, I didn't really think I was going to ever be an entrepreneur. I didn't really know what an entrepreneur was. But um, I was always interested in computers. And so growing up, I used to watch my mom um, on the kitchen table, you know, just typing away. Um, and she was, uh, she's so fast at typing. And I remember as a kid, I used to watch that. It, it seemed magical just how fast she would type. And I, I always wanted to type like that. And so one day she brought home a, uh, just a keyboard uh, by itself and kind of an extra keyboard and then just left it on the kitchen counter. Um, and then I would sit in front of the TV and when I was watching, you know, cartoons or whatever I was watching on TV, I was essentially transcribing um, on the keyboard, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I want to be like my mom. And, you know, I I had a keyboard sitting on my lap and I was just typing. And so um, that's when I was I was really young. I don't remember the exact age. I might have been, I don't know, seven or eight, like really young, like really, really young sitting there just, you know, typing away because I remember when I was in school, we took a, um, a typing test in class and the teacher walked over to me, was watching over my shoulders, and I didn't know any better. I was just doing what I would do at home. I'm like, oh, cool. We're doing a typing test. I love typing. And then she was like, that's really fast. And so then she went and got an orange cover and put it over um the keyboard. And she's like, okay, try it now. And because I was I was so used to watching TV and just typing everything, I didn't need to look. So then um, you know, a lot of the kids in the class, it was their first time really like typing on a keyboard. And for me, I was typing you know, like 50 words per minute. So she was like, this is nuts. So the reason I bring that up is because when I wanted to learn how to program, um, when I was 13 or 14 years old, uh, learn, uh being able to type fast is very, very important because, um, I ended up creating, uh, blogs. The first websites I built were really essentially blogs and, uh, I was the only writer. So I had to write everything on their pen names. So typing speed, um, you know, I, sometimes I joke around, but, um, you know, that keyboard that uh, my mom brought me indirectly you know, made me a millionaire and, and, and allowed me to, to create a lot of opportunity for myself. And so um, I was creating those blogs, writing all the blog posts, um, programming the site, adding different things. So that typing speed, I, eventually I got up to over 100 words per minute. It allowed me to push out articles very quickly across the different blogs which eventually I learned how to do searches and optimization, a lot of different marketing techniques online. Um, and then once I figured, once I discovered that I could make money doing it, cause I was like, I like this. Um, you know, I, I, it seems like I'm pretty good at it. And then the, the younger you are, the more naive you are, which is great because you're kind of like, uh, you don't think of those roadblocks in front yeah, of you. Like, you, don't, you don't,
0: do. Yeah. You don't know any better than just say, Hey, I want to do that. And, right. Uh, who cares about those obstacles in between? It's just like let's just go figure that out, right?
1: All hundred percent. That's that's where that's kind of where I started. I, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't planned. It was just like I was uh, good at typing. Um, I was kind of fascinated by computers, and um, I wasn't really around a lot of computers growing up as a child. Um, so really, when I would go to school, um, I was really fascinated by Mac computers. I remember seeing the first Apple. Uh, computers growing up. And I was really fascinated by their the user interface. And then uh, in 2007, I believe it was, I watched Steve Jobs first keynote introducing the iPhone. And I was mesmerized. Um, I remember watching it. And I rewatched it a, a second time just by myself. And all I thought to myself was, I want that phone, and I'm going to get that phone. And mm-hmm. I think I was maybe I don't know, 13 years old or 14 years old at the time. And um, I was obsessed with that phone. I remember telling my dad, I was like, I will literally sell whatever I have, shoes, like anything that I have so that I can get that phone. And he was like, okay, if you want it, well, you got to come up with the money. He's like, I can help you out a little bit, but you're gonna have to come up with the money. And so, um, but really what I was mesmerized by was Steve Jobs' passion and his ability to communicate and eventually I realized that that's what I was interested in and uh, the ability to tell a story, um, you know, in, in person and over video and et cetera, which you guys do know very, very much about. But um, that, if I look back, those were kind of key moments when I first realized I could make websites for people and charge for that, which means I could make money doing it. Then I found out about Google AdSense. Then I watch Steve Jobs on stage and I say, one day I would love to be able to get in front of people and tell a story like that. And uh, so now when I'm on stage all over the world, um, I kind of channel that inner Steve Jobs from that very first presentation. And so it's a real honor to be able to, um, you know, to be able to mimic that as best as I can and kind of in my own way. But be able to tell a story on stage is um, one of my favorite things to do. Very cool,
0: and, and you and you have a great presence up there. Um, having having watched one of your um, stage presentations, and have you ever, Josh? Have you ever read the book, um, The Alter Ego Effect? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, essentially that's what you're doing with your your Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I shouldn't let other people know what your alter ego is. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, we we had Todd Herman on the show, and the author of the Alter Ego Effect, and, and wow, he, just thought that was interesting that you brought that to mind, but. Um. Well, that's really cool. So, what about this oral care company, Snow? How did you end up? How did you end up in that?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, we have um, Snow is a. Uh, so we have a few brands right now. One thing that um, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know is that we um have a few a few different brands right now. Um, two leading brands. One's called David, and the other's called Snow. Uh, and David is a personal finance uh, uh, company um, that um, is a little bit more behind the scenes because it's more of a, it's more of a servicing type of company. And we help essentially we help uh, Americans save money on whether it be their mortgage, car insurance, et cetera. And um, we have about a hundred thousand calls a month that come into um, our call centers of uh, with people looking for help. We have a free helpline um, and that's a, And there's a business there. We make money when we help people save. If we don't, we don't make money. Uh, And it's a substantial business. And uh, I have an amazing uh, co-founder on that business, Anthony Sarandria. But Snow Snow came about, because they both came about around the same time. Um, I was looking for something, uh, not just something to do. Um, I had, uh, you know, I had exited a company and I had... um, you know, 21 years old, 22 years old, a substantial amount of cash relative to my age to, to kind of figure out what I wanted to do next. I was out of school. I had graduated uh, from Arizona state university and I went from working 16 hours a day to essentially, um, doing nothing. So, um, and that was, that was driving me nuts. And so Mm -hmm. I was really in search of something that I could do that was, um, big, um, something that could keep me busy. And, um, I had jaw surgery around that time. So um, I had upper jaw surgery to fix some of the alignment. I had some bad jaw pain and uh, I had braces a few times. So um, I became friends with my um, uh, dentists and oral surgeons, et cetera. Um, and we would start to hang out. And one day I asked like, hey guys, where's, you know, where's the market at? Or where's the business for a guy like me? I'm not a dentist. I'm not a doctor. And they said, well, the only thing you could really do is probably teeth whitening. Um, you know, you have strips on one side, you have the in-office uh, treatments on the other side. And not really anyone kind of owning that, that middle section. And so I was like, okay, if I could take the technology and the efficacy of an in-office treatment with the convenience of strips, um, you know, we could be onto something. So I asked if they would help me kind of just review the formula as I came up with it. I obsessed over the research And once we found a formula that, you know, could give amazing results without painful sensitivity, um, you know, really focus on the safer sensitivity, um, you know, then we we knew we were on something. And I say we, it was really just, um, you know, a few of us in the beginning kind of just throwing ideas back and forth. But um, in the first six months, we hit a million dollars. And that's when uh, I, I said, wow, there might be something here. And so I kind of put a bunch of fishing. Uh, lines out at around that same time to see which one would would kind of take off. And, you know, one of my mentors, um, who's my my uh, uh you know my partner in the flyshire Scars uh foundation, Mort Fleischer always says, you know, follow the money. And so I put those fishing lines out. One started to ring a lot, another started to ring a lot, and I said, okay, I've got to go all in. And then I then I became um really obsessed and uh, infatuated initially and then um, obsessed with the oral care market um, and personal care as a whole, but um, oral care particularly. And I started to say, what if we reimagined toothpaste? What if we reimagined floss? What if we reimagined the toothbrush? What if we reimagined the teeth whitening market? And so all of a sudden I realized a gap where we could really um, you know really take off and you know today we now have uh, more website traffic than Crest and Colgate. And so um, it's evident that uh, we're on to something. And uh, we've had the amazing opportunity to work with um, very large celebrities. Um, and now we're working with large retailers and rolling out for holiday season. And uh, in about four weeks from now, I will be making my debut on the Home Shopping Network um, as mm-hmm. an on-air personality selling snow. So uh, mm-hmm. it's it's been really exciting. And one thing that's important to us is that 18 million American children go without dental care, um, uh, access every single year. And one thing we do in the background, we don't lead within our marketing. Um, uh, and that was very important to us as well as we chose to do this is, uh, every single product we sell, um, we help one of the children, uh, who don't have uh, dental care access. And, um, you know, that could be as something as like a, a kit of toothbrush, toothpaste, mouthwash, et cetera, all the way up to, um, uh, you know dentist, uh, volunteer to, you know, fix cavities, et cetera, on the weekend at these uh, different clinics. And so, um, that's the way it's important to us because it's like, as we scale, how are we doing, uh, doing good while doing well and growing. And that was, that was another thing too, because I was like, I can start any company. I want to do something where, um, one, it's got, uh, virtually infinite scale two, it's truly something disruptive Three, the products have to work. And then ideally, through the products and through the growth, we're able to make some sort of impact. Um, And we're impacting people by, you know, we're in the business of confidence. We make people feel really good about themselves. Um, We also uh, make them excited uh, about brushing their teeth, about whitening their teeth, which means they're going to take care of their teeth even better. We have our whole line of toothpaste launching shortly. Um, with exciting flavors. So people are excited to to brush their teeth and then, you know, the background um, helping out the children who don't have dental access. So that for me kind of culminated into a perfect smoothie of a company where I felt like I could, you know, I I said, I I think I could run snow for 50 years. uh, And I think I could run David for 50 years. We help Americans save money um, on all sorts of things and we help um, the world feel better about their smile. And so I was like, okay, these are pretty big challenges. I think I can take these on.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's very much aligned with kind of where we um, like to go as a company. Our our whole thing is we want to share better stories, and for us, it has a lot of different meaning. It it needs to be sharing stories in in better ways than we have in the past. That we're doing things that make the world a better place. Um, that we're sharing stories um, in a better way than what their clients have been able to share their story in the past. It has, has a lot of different meanings for us, but. Um, it's very clear that the impact of what you're doing on the world is very important to you. Um like you said, you came into money very early on, um, almost unexpectedly, it sounds like, and you could be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> but like you said that that's that's not that's not nearly as fulfilling as going out and helping lift other people along with you. and so i I think that's really cool and that and i and I think so much of what we see now, is entrepreneurs getting a bad rap, um, or business owners or corporations for that matter. Um, that like, uh, capitalism is, is poo-pooed on all the time. Right. And, and what people don't realize is I, I think entrepreneurs are doing more to impact the world for good. I mean, certainly more than like politicians are doing to help us out. Right.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, for sure.
0: Anyway, it's it's really it's really heartening to hear this kind of story from you of, of not not let's just make a great product that's going to be disruptive in the market and stuff, but how are we going to help all these all these kids that don't have access to good um, uh, dental health care and I, I I love that about what you're doing. Um, Josh, the the theme of this podcast is from poop to gold. So yeah. we we always like to find out when you've had a really crappy situation in your life that you were able to turn into something positive. What, what comes to mind for you when I mention that? I mean, I'm sure you've got a bunch, but what, what's one that really sticks out?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked about it before on stage and it's, but it's very important because I think that one very important area, uh, of entrepreneurship and of running companies and scaling companies and, and being involved in startup life, uh, uh, mental health, I think, is 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 thrown under the rug sometimes, and um, I think that at least for myself, speaking for myself, it can be uh, embarrassing sometimes to kind of raise your hand and say, "Hey, I'm kind of overwhelmed," or you know, uh, especially in America, uh, you say, "How are you doing? Busy? Oh, busy's good," you know, and so. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's good <laughs> right well that's what they say right it's like it's it's like it, it, it's applauded to be extremely busy and you know and overworked and all of this And oh I, I picked up a second job nice that's awesome and so i think that which by the way i think makes us the best country in the world because we have such a strong work ethic and wanting to contribute want to do more and um you know that american dream um i think is is one of the best stories ever told um and it, it works so well. It, it draws people from all over the world wanting to join our beautiful country. And uh, I, I would say that when I, uh, when I was 21, 22 years old, again, relative, I, I, had, been, I had been working for 10 you know, ten years at this time. So, um, and I, I was always a very, very mature, uh, a very old soul. And so I'm at 21, 22 years old, um, you know, I had some material possessions that I always wanted, cars, things like that. And uh, I wasn't really happy and uh, I just was so confused on um, why I was not happy. It was like, I had, uh, you know, I was kind of like this wonder boy, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. here's wonder boy. And, you know, I graduated um, the honors college at, at Arizona state university in, in, in just under two years. So I just blew through there, uh, you know, straight A's like, and I was running a multimillion dollar company and it's like, why would I not be happy? And what I realized is that there's a qualitative factor sometimes to um, what you're working on and that qualitative factor will wear on you a lot more quickly than the quantitative factor will. So if you're not waking up and every day you're not going to wake up excited, like the same way, there are some days where, um, you know, you're going to wake up even with snow or David, there are certain things where I'm like, Oh, you know, we have to, meet with accountants today or we have to meet with lawyers there we have to do this it's like oh it's gonna be a drag but um when you wake up for multiple days or multiple weeks and you don't have that energy it's very important for you to be real with yourself at least in minutes to me speaking to myself is to be like hey something uh you can change something you know something you can, you don't have to be stuck anywhere and i think that for me i realized that um I have to be doing something like I have to have a, a lot of things going on, right. It's like, uh, the, the f- helping out the Phoenix coding Academy, which is a free public high, um, you know, it's a public high school, uh, where we have 3d printers, robotics, um, you know, all of, all, uh, teaching programming to, um, you know, underserved communities and it's a full high school. So you go there from freshman to senior year and you graduate, you never leave that school, um, during that period. So, um, impact right so for me when you realize that uh, you have to make a hundred billion like bill gates and you still can't solve every problem um that's one thing that kind of deep down inside keeps keeps pushing me is that um it's like even if i had a trillion dollars i still could not solve every problem it's not it's and that's not the thing but i want to contribute not necessarily in money i think a lot of times time and and energy and thinking is, is much more valuable um, mm-hmm. to problem solving than simply throwing money at something. Yeah. And so, and i see, you know, you know, politics is a great example of that throwing money at things doesn't solve anything. So um, anyway, long story short, I think that when, when I was feeling a bit burnt out, I think I had like a delayed burnout um, and I didn't know what it was. I'd never gone through it before. Uh-huh. And I was kind of embarrassed to say anything because here I am, you know, a, a college graduate, um, you know, running a multimillion dollar company, driving nice cars. And I felt like no one, uh, I felt like I didn't have room to complain and that people wouldn't listen to me because if I started complaining, like, what do you have to complain about? Like, oh, that's hard. Like, you know, driving your Ferrari around is tough. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, no. And so inside I felt a little bit kind of lonely in that aspect. Uh, But once I started to open up and realize, like, hey, I've got to do something big. I've got to have a big mission so that I can wake up every morning and the best, the best result of that is that, obviously, I, I was able to, um, you know, become a part of our, you know, found Snow and, and David. And um, now we have this mission that calls amazing people together. And so now I've got an extraordinary team uh, on both companies that, um, you know, I could only dream of. And I think because that mission is out there, and I think that people can sense that, the, the founder or the, the visionary is doing this authentically and not to not for personal enrichment. You know, I'm not doing this to go buy another Lamborghini or anything like I am trying to prove a point. Mm-hmm. And I think that that attracts incredible people.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That's a, that's a great story. So where, where you differ from so many of the stories that we've heard is that your poop moment is actually in a moment of riches <laughs> right when you've kind of got everything going for you and then but still not having that happiness there and then right. uh, being able to find something that gives you purpose is that's amazing cool um well thank you so much for your time here today Josh and and, and covering that stuff in your um, um in your story it's it's really inspiring what you're doing um, really excited for all your success if people want to um, look up something you're doing. What, what's the main thing you'd point them to right now?
1: Um, f- personally, um, Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Josh Snow, so instagramcom says Josh Snow, and then company-wise, TrySnow.com, and then anything David related is um, use David.com. Okay, TrySnow, so T-R-Y Snow.com.
0: Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, and um, make sure to to. Uh, subscribe for those of you that haven't uh, to follow this podcast and thank you for your time again. And thank you again, Josh for joining us and we'll see you on the next
2: one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary, or you just don't know where to go next. Right. And the beautiful thing about this 14 day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product. Now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14 day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step by step with Our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go
0: through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product,
2: and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over people
0: tell us over and over again it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and and really gave them the toolset they needed to walk through it and
2: make it happen. And we've had um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hpros.co. Slash script. That's
0: h b r o s dot c o slash script.